I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Welcome once again to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. The last time we were all together, we were talking about human trafficking and the prevalence of human trafficking. And we have Rita O'Brien with us again today, who is an intern at DASA. She is uh, working on her master's degree in um, social work at Western Michigan University. And welcome once again, Rita. Um, and also joining us today is Elizabeth Alderson, who is a master social worker and a therapist for DASIS. And we're going to um, talk a bit more about human trafficking, but also about domestic violence and sexual assault and the similarities and the differences between um, the three. So I'm not sure who's going to start, but come on in. I'll start with a little bit, um, Mrs. Elizabeth, about, you know, what is domestic violence and what is sexual assault, just as as a reminder, okay? So, you know, we know a lot of times that domestic violence is physical abuse, Domestic violence also will, it would include some sexual assault or sexual abuse as a part of that relationship dynamic. Um, it would include emotional abuse, verbal abuse, um, financial or economic abuse, depending on like, what you want to use, um, stalking. Um, and it could also include like use of technology. So either technological abuse or like cyber stalking. You know, when we kind of think of that, um, could be like watching your location all the time on your phone through different apps but it also could be like that constant like text where are you what are you doing where are you now what are you doing who are you talking Mm -hmm. to online I need your Facebook password and your Instagram password and all that stuff because I need to double check who you're having conversations with um that kind of like cyber stalking stuff okay so which could be domestic meaning like in their home but it could also be with friends and acquaintances or Mm -hmm. people they know at school or Mm -hmm. at work or things like that as well so yeah because that's the hard part about how we define domestic violence because really you know on a criminal level in the state of michigan domestic violence is any violence that happens within your home Mm -hmm. because that's your domestic dwelling we view domestic violence as intimate partner violence and so it's it's violence that happens in an intimate partner relationship even if you live separately you could live across state lines and in different cities but if you're in a romantic relationship or you have been in a romantic relationship with that person before then we consider it either domestic violence or intimate partner right violence right so it it's much more broad and 
vague at times. And as the world evolves and changes, it becomes more, you know, it becomes more. I mean, if we were back in the 70s, you know, we wouldn't have, we would have a different definition of technological abuse, right? It would be, it would be always being on your party line to hear the conversations that you were having, right? <laughs> you laugh, but when I first moved here, I had a party line. Well, so yeah, there and, we many, go. and many houses did and stuff. Yeah. And so like, that would have been like abusive technology. Sure. Um, you know, back even before cell phones were as they are now, but when we had car phones mm-hmm. in our car, mm-hmm. you know, people could misuse that as technological abuse or using technology in abusive ways. But as technology changes and the internet is a great helper but also hinderer in this way because now we have more access to people than we've ever had before and so that's that kind of the broadness of domestic violence for us and how it changes over time and how our world really changes that you think of online banking i can look on my phone and see how much money you've spent and then i can text you and call you and be like where were you just now at and why'd you spend that much money and yeah. There's all those pieces of it, too. Right. Oh, my gosh. So that would, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stalking, and you don't even have to physically leave your couch. Nope. Not anymore. Huh. Yeah. So that's the domestic violence. And then, so sexual assault, as a reminder, would be um, any, like, any forced sexual actions that someone didn't want um, to perform. So it could include rape. It could include um, unwanted just physical touching. It could include penetration. Um, it could include above even the clothing, you know, when we've talked about it before, I mean, you know, you know, an inappropriate grab from across the room, like as they're walking past, I mean, that's sexual assault. Yeah. If it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's any, well, we've talked about consent before and were you able to give consent? Um, you know, and so it's anything kind of sexual around that. Um, it could be, um, attempt attempted, you know, rape, maybe there's not full completion or penetration, but it's still, the attempt was there. Um, and kind of like what we talked about, um, so long ago that I think about it, um, marital rape. And so that just because you're married to someone or mm-hmm. in a longstanding, you know, romantic relationship with someone that that relation, just being in that relationship doesn't give you future consent to sexual activities. So again, a broad statement kind of, of what is sexual assault? And then how are how are they all tied together with human trafficking and domestic violence and sexual assault? Which you kind of think of them as all tied together, but there are some specifics to mm-hmm. look out for. This is Rita, and I think the things that tie it together would be when you add in human trafficking to it, it involves the act of recruiting, transporting, transferring, harboring, or receiving a person through use of force, fraud, or coercion, or in which the person induced to perform the act is under 18 years old. The sex act can be exchanged for anything of value, including food, shelter, or money. Anyone can be a victim of human trafficking. Anyone can be a trafficker. So when you add that to sexual assault and domestic violence, it can kind of muddy the waters, but all of it income, you add to it with force, fraud, and coercion. Mm -hmm. So if we look at like force, so one of the definitions um, or explanations of force that Rita gave before is, is um, you know, 
forcing some like forcing someone to use drugs so that then they comply to the actions that you want them to do right because then they're inhibit inhibited or you know they're under the influence and so they're easier to get them to do what you want right right like so putting we w- something in a drink or yeah or, yeah mm-hmm. and so that's part of the forced definition of human trafficking but we would consider that a part of a sexual assault too right you didn't have the ability to consent for it and then if you were a relationship with that person that would be domestic violence too so that's a situation in which, you know, possibly one action could be part of all three of those things. And that's kind of like that overlap piece. Right. You know, another great example that um, Rita gave about what is force is the kidnapping piece. You know, so some human trafficking victims are kidnapped. Well, some survivors of domestic violence are, are held without, you know, without being able to leave. You right. Know, so part of that isolation bit or, mm-hmm. or part of the threat of if mm-hmm. you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going mm-hmm. to take the children, take mm-hmm. whatever. And that's a great one, too, is threats. We know that there are threats in all three. So that's a huge overlap of them as well. Well, what's um, I think the important piece to take away of the overlap between all three is that outside of like this conversation of like what is human trafficking how is it different and how is it the same of sexual abuse and domestic violence is that human trafficking is the buzzword right now Mm -hmm. throughout the nation we're really talking about what is human trafficking and we've been more made more aware of it but when we look at human trafficking through the lens of domestic and sexual violence and what we've learned of that over the years is that we've we already know a lot about human trafficking this is just a new term that we've been able to integrate. And so um, knowing that there are still resources out there, that agencies that, you know, like DASIS and other agencies that have been working in domestic and sexual violence for years and for decades, that that they too are resources for human trafficking as well. They might not specialize in human trafficking. They might not have a human trafficking program, but they're working with survivors of human trafficking, whether they throw it on a billboard or not, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and so that there are, you know, so many resources and so many things out there um, for survivors when they, you know, when they kind of realize what human trafficking is or maybe that buzzword and how they relate it into a relationship maybe they've already been in maybe it was a part of their past 20 years ago and they just weren't able to label it this way until now well and and you were talking earlier about you know back in the 70s or you know back in the olden days back before (laughs) social media so Mm -hmm. um it would you say that human trafficking has increased at the same time social media has increased I would say, this is Rita, that um, social media makes it so much easier to traffic people Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to get a hold of and most of our kids have some access to it, whether it be the library or on their phone or wherever it may be. So I almost feel like, yeah, it has increased. I mean, they may have gotten rid of Craigslist and Backpage, but there's a million other ways for people to be social media found Mm -hmm. out and meet up with people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think something that just came to mind this moment that we haven't yet talked about with this human trafficking in in kids is we've talked about apps on their on their phones and stuff but also the way that teenagers now game that's different than before so even you know when I was growing up we had a PlayStation but you right. you just you put the CD you put the cartridge or whatever version of it was in there and you played the game yeah, with lived the in your living room yeah right. and you mm-hmm. only could play with the people right. physically present with right. you well that's not 
how you play anymore. Right. You know, and so you have all these, you know, these people across the world that you play with. Look at Fortnite and how that mm-hmm. blew up. And there's, there's um, people that they have gaming conferences and people come from all over the world and they play this game and they do this stuff. And they have the back chats. You know, they've got the headphones now and a little microphone. <laughs> and They spend money and they make money. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. a new way to recruit people i mean if you're playing a video game with somebody you know for six hours every day when they get home from school until their parents tell them to go to bed and they say it's just johnny down the street that i'm playing with Mm -hmm. is it really johnny down the street Mm -hmm. so not saying that you know social media is causing this or the other way around i mean obviously they just both now exist at the same time but um so people meet each other online or they are an online presence or they form a relationship. And then how does that morph into this human trafficking or, you know, whether it's a family relationship or whatever it is? So there's connections between them. Um, power and control to assault someone can be sexual assault, domestic violence, and human trafficking. Trafficking involves multiple people, not a single, single abuser. Unwanted sexual touching can lead to sexual assault, domestic violence, and human trafficking. Incest, sexual intercourse, or sexual intrusion between family members. Families can exploit their own children after sexually abusing them and grooming them to become trafficked or domestic violence. So you're saying like even in their own home, if they bring someone else into the home and that child is forced into... You know, sexual things they don't want to participate in. Correct. Mm -hmm. And it can also be a parent, a a mom or a dad, trafficking their own children to support their drug habit or whatever other habits they might have. Wow. Mm -hmm. So any unwanted or coerced sexual contact are all three, however, with trafficking. Traffickers do not have an intimate relationship with the victim, as in domestic violence. And tactics used by traffickers is similar to domestic violence perpetrators. And both domestic violence and human trafficking abusers use isolation physical and emotional violence, sexual abuse and exploitation, financial abuse, threats to harm family members. They'll use the children to manipulate and control them, withholding food, sleep, medical care, and using drugs as a way to coerce them to stay either in domestic violence or a human trafficking situation. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. So if you are listening to us today and you feel that you are in a situation like this or that you know someone who is or that you think what your family situation or domestic situation could be heading this way what tools i mean what what can victims do to stop this or to prevent it from happening well dasis has a 24-hour hotline crisis number the 800-828-2023 and shelter services number and the staff are very well trained to know who is human trafficked and what domestic violence and sexual abuse is so Dasis is very supportive in helping a person get help so that they can heal and move on with what's happening in their lives. So with social media being so prevalent to to cause it, okay, 800-828-2023, it can be the first area of release as well. The first step to help can also be that phone that is creating, or not creating, but letting the problem continue. Yes, that's correct. We're also really fortunate in Southwest Michigan to have the YWCA of Kalamazoo. And so they actually opened a separate shelter from their domestic violence sexual assault shelter for human trafficking survivors. Wow. Like only exclusively. And so what's really wonderful about that program is so they've created this whole program around it, a shelter just for human trafficking, staff that work only in this human trafficking 
field, obviously understanding the overlap that we've kind of talked about, but really focused in on that there are specific services that these clients are going to need and that likely um, survivors of human trafficking have been in human trafficking for quite some time. As children. As children. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone to presentations of survivors. The wise brought them in of, you know, people that are doing work now around the nation to, to gain awareness and stuff about human trafficking that, yeah, it started when they were teenagers and they didn't get out of human trafficking until they were 40. So a, a short wow. time stay in a shelter isn't isn't really going to provide them with the necessary skills that and resources that they need to combat or even to feel safe. Yeah, thirty and forty years of of living in this life, and so um, the Y in Kalamazoo has a wonderful program. We um, share a lot of um, clients back and forth with them, and we'll work really exclusively with them just because of the knowledge that they know. Um, and so they're a great resource. And their number is 269-345-5595. So that's the Kalamazoo um, contact. And, of course, if someone called, you know, the national hotline, they're going to get... A regional or local. Yep. They're going to get the Y. They're going to get... I don't know if they would get us on there. But the Y I know is listed on there. You know, another resource is calling that, again, local to Michigan, the 211 information number. Mm -hmm they would get those resources mm-hmm. as well. Or even 911. Everybody yes. remembers that number, 911. Yep. And you'll get help. Yes. And I know they're, um, at a national level, they're working on a short number like that for human trafficking. So as we kind of seen those pop up all across. Um, right. To Yeah, so we can have this information kind of out there. And so, uh, well, obviously the first step is realization of the problem and what's happening, but it's good to see community agencies and community members joining together to to look at the problem and and prevention and healing going forth from there. And there are really um, another resource is looking in your local area for a human trafficking task force. So we've also seen those kind of come about in communities. And so Kalamazoo has a very active one. Um, And so kind of finding those local resources, Mm -hmm. um, or if it's a passion of yours, starting one in your local area or working with an agency to start one um, and getting those resources out there so that people know who to contact and where to go from there because you know like we always say there is help and there is hope and you know we're providing you know people are are coming forward and providing services and so let's connect the people who need the services with those services to make them more effective and just to help our survivors out there right and dasis of course is is leading the pack in this so uh, dasismi.org at any point in time you can get tons of information off our website Mm -hmm. and also Um, 800-828-2023. Thank you both so much for this great information and hopefully leading to hope and healing. If anyone is listening who, who needs these services, call now. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline, at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. 
That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.